Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. This is a companion episode to 308. This is where I interviewed my wife. She's a home energy expert, home clearing expert. And there was a question in our Facebook group about cleaning out detrimental energy, reversing negative energy. How do you maintain a positive vibe in your house? And I acquiesced to the expertise of my wife, Kimberly Kay. In her business, Sacred Home Alchemy, she can read your house, actually do a a diagnostic on the energy influences inside your house, and then offer up a prescription. Well, after the initial episode 308, where we dove deep into home energy, we had several questions come up. Different listeners had posed questions that they wanted answered. And so in this episode, it is a deep dive answering questions. In fact, there was so many questions, so many answers that I thought I would break it up into two episodes to make it more digestible. But I decided not to do that. It's just a long episode. It's just a tad over one hour long, but it is filled with information around clearing home energy, different energy aspects of home, your energy. It goes deep. Now, I'm thinking you can listen to this without listening to 308 first, but but you might want to go back to episode 308 and listen to that first. That's part one, and it's called Clearing Home Energy with Kimberly K. Novi. There's going to be several aspects about home energy discussed in that first episode, that prior episode, that will be a setup for this episode. Now, we'll get to the episode in just a minute, but before we do, I want to mention there is a download, a companion piece to this, a PDF, That is a whole complete list of all the different aspects that we discuss in this episode and some of the clearing exercises that we talked about in the previous episode. So Kimberly's really put together a thorough download for you. And you can get that at yesdaniel.com. There'll be a link there for you to get this download sent right to your inbox. And one more thing to keep in mind, Kimberly has created a study group for those of you that want to dive a lot deeper in energy and learn more about how to clean up your space and actually energize your space to be more positive, more magnetic for everything that you want. One quick note, I'm still working out the technical logistics of recording two people at once, and so the volume levels on our interview are a little lower than this introduction. So you just may want to turn it up once we get started. So without further delay, here's my wife, Kimberly Kay. All right, I'm here with my wife, Kimberly Kay, home energy expert, home alchemist expert, and we're continuing the conversation on how to clear your house, how to clear your abode of negative energy, how to take control of the energy that you have in your environment. We've had a number of questions inside the Facebook group, and there's a chance that this episode will go long. So I want to say this ahead of time, that Kimberly's decided to have a challenge group where you as a participant will take part in a group coaching kind of situation where she will assist you in clearing the energy of your own house. More about that at the end of this episode, uh, but I wanted to mention it up front in case I split this episode into two, into two parts. So the first question I think I'd like us to address is, much of the what's come up is how do you clear the energy? How do you take responsibility for the energy when you're sharing a space with other people and they're showing up in a particular way and you're showing up in a particular way and there seems to be some disharmony? Yeah, well, that was one of the really big questions. And that's a really great question because I think it's you can't help but be around other people and be in relationship with people. And there are times you're not going to be able to control someone else's energy. So what I would say to that is always start with yourself and do a personal clearing, do some meditation, be intentional about what energy you want to bring to the space first and foremost, and then make sure you continue with that intention and make sure you stay focused on it. You're you're not going to be able to change the energy of other people necessarily, but you just staying in a state of good vibes or whatever vibes that you want to bring into the space 
and continuing that energy is going to either help them to raise up to that energy or it's going to make them move away from that energy because like energies are going to be comfortable in within like energies. So if you have two energies in, in a room, the one that is the most predominant is going to win. <laughs> so you're going to have to basically overwhelm the space with your energy of love and acceptance and whatever it is that you're trying to imbue in your own space and hope that that other person joins you in that energy and you help them to raising their vibration into that energy or they feel uncomfortable enough that they'll want to leave the space. One thought that I love putting out in the world is that one thought, one expression of unconditional love heals a thousand negative thoughts of a lower nature. I love that. I really love that saying. It's a perfect saying because it really is true. And it might be difficult when you're in relationship with people that you're really not happy with. You could even be very angry with and you're dealing with situations where it's really tough for you to be in their presence and try and hold a space of joy and happiness and love. But that's part of the process of being human is learning how to move through these energies so that you can move on and be your highest and best self in this lifetime. And that's a practice and everyone's going to have to <laughs> go through it a couple times, I'm sure, in their lifetime. And uh, that's what you're going to have to do, really, if you're going to try and move other people's energy out of your space. Now, if you're working with people who you just you're just maybe visiting them and you're going to be with them for a determined amount of time, say it's six months or so, and you you're not really interested in changing them per se, but you are in their space and you're in their energy. The same still goes true. You just have to really focus on yourself. You need to create some area of the space that you are staying as a sacred space. It might even be a bathroom, to be honest. Sometimes people retreat to a bathroom because they need to get away and that seems like the safest place where no one's going to bother them. But if you can create one space as something that you can bring to it personally that will you are declaring as a sacred space for you to feel safe to feel good energy then do it that or going outside and being in nature would be the other suggestion because nature is the great healer we are completely connected to the planet as human beings so we need to recognize that as one of the most valuable healing tools that we have one thing that you're fond of suggesting is going outside and grounding, you know, getting your feet, your bare feet on the ground. Uh, really just three to five minutes is all you need. Instant. It's actually instant. Um, studies have shown that it, it instantly dispels all of the positively charged energy in your body from sleep. So if you get up in the morning and just walk outside and get your bare feet on the ground, it instantly is going to change your state. Um, but the longer you do it, the more stable that's going to be in your body. Uh, if you have grounding mats at home, just to stand on in the winter when it's bitterly cold out, you don't want to go put your feet on the ground. You can do that. There's grounding sheets. There's all sorts of stuff. But grounding is, I mean, we do this in our house. We have the kids trained. They go outside anytime they're not feeling well. They know that that's what they're to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to see that they've incorporated that into their lives as like the natural thing to do when they're feeling off. Skylar will ask to take a bath. Yeah, water. And we'll, we'll talk about a bath and what you put in a bath yeah. uh, in a little bit. But w one of the things that you said this morning when we were talking about this is to make sure that people are responsible for the energy they're bringing into the space. Mm -hmm. And when you're visiting, you said earlier, they can take responsibility for their energy in the sense that they're like a, a, what, a breath of fresh air that comes in yeah, and like cleanses that. the space. Mm -hmm. When you're visiting someone else, you can be the light. You can be the, the shining moment. People look forward to you showing up because the moment you step into the space, you change everything. Yeah. One of the energies that was kind of in some of these questions is I want to change this, the energy for me, but I don't really want to support the other people. I don't want to make them feel better. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, that's understandable because sometimes when we're in relationship with people that we're trying to get away from or, or not be in relationship with them anymore, you don't really care to intermingle your energy with them. So, but you do need to practice uh, releasing judgment on how they're show, showing up and 
also what they may have brought in the past to your life, what they might be surrounding with themselves with currently that you see as dysfunctional. We're naturally judgmental people as human beings. It's just kind of the way we're designed, unfortunately. But it's a good practice to be in when you notice that you're starting to feel the energy of judgment because that will immediately deplete your energy and make it so you're not vibing as high as you possibly can. And I know it sounds so cliche to say, try and be high vibe, but the truth is that if you're having to share space with people that you're trying to not be affected by their negative energy, you only have yourself that you can control and you have to put up your boundaries energetically And also the best way to repel any negative is to meet it with the positive. If you meet it with the judgment and the argument and the frustration, then you're really not changing or shifting anyone's energy or any place's energy. And it will just revert back to what it was. A couple episodes ago, I did a a whole process on, uh, on acknowledging an emotion we want to make sure that we're not taking the spiritual bypass. Right. So if we're feeling judgment, we acknowledge, I'm expressing some judgment. There are some things here I do not like, but I'm choosing to accept that they are where they are, and I am not going to let it affect me. I'm going to raise my vibration. And so that way you acknowledge the, the mucky muck aspect of the energy, but you elevate it or transmute it. Right. And that, that way you're not pushing it down you push it aside and act like it's not there it's still in the undercurrent yeah i think the best practice to get into is is blessing and no matter what religious background you're coming from any sort of blessing that feels right to you i'm going to read really quick a blessing it's just like generic blessing i just recently did for somebody it might be helpful as a like an example of what is possible and it's it this can be used for anything and you could modify it but Well, how I usually do a blessing, I usually bless myself first before I go into a situation. Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) And then I um, go ahead and focus on the intention of what I want to create and I visualize it. I will say this blessing. And another book that's really good is, is Joey Korn's book. And he has a lot of different types of blessings. He's really big on blessings. He's one of the people that I learned the value of blessings from he's another home clear he has a particular method that he uses the tree of life and bed imprints and stuff like that's really fascinating but i'll link his book or i'll mention his book in the show notes but this is one of the blessings i wrote just recently okay i'll start with like spirit and you can put spirit god universe or however you want to address the divine i kimberly k request that if it is in my highest good Please detach and return any energetic cords of people, places, or objects that are not supporting me in this lifetime's most benevolent outcome. Allow me to remember the experiences and interactions of my past with grace and love and appreciation for all the lessons learned. Charge my energetic field with love, light, and healing energy. Seal and protect any weaknesses in my energetic field so that all detrimental energy and cords cannot reattach. With gratitude, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I usually say this three times, and then I usually end with a with gratitude, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is one of my generic ones for just people who are trying to get past icky feelings of other people and energetic cords that are attached to places and and people. And I think it really helps. So hopefully that gives you like an idea of what a blessing can be. You can bless your food, which I would highly suggest. Which is, you know, the same thing as praying over your food. But yeah. Could you speak to MBOs? Oh, yes. Most Benevolent Outcome. I don't, does it, who, who is it this Tom started? Tom T. Moore. Tom T. Moore. Tom T. Moore is a friend of ours. He was actually at our wedding. He coined the phrase, let me say, Most Benevolent Outcome. And I love this because it's so powerful. And it releases the expectation that we are in charge of the outcome, we're basically handing it over to God, the universe, spirit, however you want to address the divine, and saying, I only know what I know, but can you please bring me the most benevolent outcome? And you can attach the most, the phrase, most benevolent outcome to every blessing. And what I love about that 
is most of us, when we're trying to manifest, and I'm sure Daniel has talked about this on, on past podcasts, when we're trying to manifest or we're trying to ask for something, we have a very specific idea of what we think we need to have or what it needs to be that comes to us. But the truth is there could be something much greater, much bigger, much better that we haven't even thought of that would be a better fit. And we just don't know what that is yet. So by using the the MBO, the most benevolent outcome phrase, you get to leave it over to God, the universe to bring that to you in the best form that will be the best for you. And I just love that. I just think that's like the perfect way to say a blessing. The MPO does a couple things too, that you talked about earlier, that some energies are there for other people and there's energies that are for you. And when you invoke the most benevolent outcome, then it serves everybody. The universe will work yep. out the details. Yep. You don't have to be concerned with controlling every aspect. Right. You don't have to put your brain space around, well, if I do this for me, is it going to hurt this person? Or is it not going to be good for my son or my daughter? Or, yeah. I also like to invoke uh, the miraculous. I like that, you, too. So you, you plan to the best of your ability, you work to the best of your ability, and then you leave the door open for a miracle to show up, and a miracle is anything that is unexpected, unplanned, and so this is what I'm setting forth, but I'm leaving the door open for something more amazing, more fantastic, more phenomenal to show up. Yeah, very true. Here's another question <laughs> that I got in the group, and it was um, from Allie, and it was talking about salt cures and flying stars, and I just wanted to say one quick thing about salt cures and flying stars that is all in the feng shui realm and very powerful stuff, but I'm not super familiar with all the ins and outs. I have my own salt cure uh, remedy, I, but I don't use it in the traditional sense that you would in feng shui. And flying star stuff is also feng shui. So there, we hear a lot of new modernized like feng shui terms like thrown out there and stuff and people use them. But uh, as far as the sacred home alchemy, I don't really use them traditionally. So I just kind of put that out there because I get some questions around it. Isn't that uh, like a combination of astrology and feng shui? No, flying stars are, you You have an assessment done and it's numerology and all the rooms rotate energy. Oh, it's a separate discipline. It's a completely separate discipline. It's very complicated too. So, um, I mean, I think there's value in just look, getting a, like pulling up a bagua chart and mapping your your home and you can see where you're different energies are focused in your home. I've actually used that, but there's so many more complexities than that I, I don't use and I don't really know a lot about. So I don't, I don't use them and I can't speak to them. What was another question? Sorry. <laughs> oh, so let me talk about my salt cure really quick. Um, so a salt cure, salt attracts uh, detrimental energy. And the way I like to use it, and, or I typically would use it, is when my kids were not sleeping well. So if, if someone's not sleeping well, or there's some kind of constant disturbance in sleep, bad dreams, that kind of stuff, I would put a bowl of salt underneath the bed. And that seemed to really help. The salt attracts and traps detrimental energy. And that is a very helpful tool. Uh, I, you can also cut a lemon in half and lay it on top of a bowl of salt, and you can put that in a room that you feel is having consistent detrimental energy. And the way you'll know that it's showing up, the, the lemon will start to kind of rot a little bit. Uh, a healthy healthy energy in a room, a lemon will just shrivel up and dry up. It won't start to rot. It or won't, mold. It won't mold and rot. It will just dry up. And the salt will get hard and crusty. Like it will turn into kind of like a block. Now, anytime you're removing detrimental salt energy, you need to, you know, wear gloves and you need to throw away the entire bowl. So you want to make sure that because it's it's concentrated negative energy. So you want to take that whole thing and put it in a trash bag. And so should we wear cotton gloves, rubber gloves? Rubber gloves is fine. Rubber gloves. Just you don't want to you don't want to put your your physical the hands mit the in mittens it. that my grandmother knitted for me. Those <laughs> Just don't get your skin all in it. And stuff. So can we use any salt? Morton salt? Sea salt? Um, Celtic salt? Himalayan sea salt? All, all <laughs> the above. Any salt works. 
I, I would suggest just cheap, you know, non-iodized salt. I would definitely say not iodized salt. So if you're going to do Morton salt, do a non-iodized salt. Because iodine is used in purification. So you don't want to purify what you're actually trying to trap. It will kind of have two different energies. And I might have missed it. Did you say where to throw this salt? You don't. Oh, you mean throw it away? Throw it in the garbage outside of the home. So you don't want to throw it in your trash can inside of the home. You want to throw it in your garbage outside of the home. Got it. Yeah. I thought you meant throw it like <laughs> throw it across. Throw it the to room. the winds? You no. Know, you don't want to do that. So also be aware Is that of, where spell casting came from? <laughs> <laughs> casting salt. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know where the word casting came from from that. Should I'll have to look up? it up now. <laughs> I know, I know you will. You're my my instant Google. Whenever Little fun I... fact about Daniel. <laughs> what I love to do now is because he wants to know everything. So if he has a question in his head, he's going to look it up no matter what. And so I can just be sitting watching a TV show and say, I wonder where they filmed this. And just me saying that and knowing that I'm <laughs> saying that, he's going to immediately grab his phone because he can't not know the answer to a question. It's so cute. So. I, I found a person that is as bad as me, and that is Nikki in Australia. We have, we've had a couple of great conversations. But every time I think about looking it up, I think about her. Well, she okay. would love this question. I should send it to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm lazy. I don't want to look anything up. I don't want to take up my brain space. He has a bigger brain than me, so I guess it works for him. I have a bigger head. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so another question is, um, there was a lot of relationship questions, and I'm just going to reiterate, sending love and forgiveness and declaration of closure, setting intentions, and raising your vibration. I'm just looking at my notes, and I was thinking that... Can I say a word about forgiveness? Yeah. In order to have forgiveness or embrace forgiveness, there's a certain aspect of energy there where you're playing a victim. They did something to me, so I have to forgive them. We can just also acknowledge our role in it and that it is it is here for a reason. We attracted this situation for a reason, and it may be to elevate it, to alchemize it, and change it. But in accepting the other person for how they are, you don't necessarily have to condone it. You don't like it, but accepting that they are the way they are, they're bringing the energy or dealing with whatever they're dealing. Everyone's always doing the best they can with the resources they have. And in that acceptance, you can release it. And so you're not, there's no, I'm a victim here. Yeah, that's a good point and important. I, I Over the years, I've just don't like the idea of forgiveness. I know and a lot of people <laughs> get tripped up on that word. Because, you know, they might still be angry about what has gone on and, and stuff. And it really is more about releasing, letting go of the energy cord that is between the two people more than anything else. And letting you be able to flourish and, and build on what you've learned from the experience without having that energy still dragging you down. So how do you know when you're sending energy to someone else or uh, to an, uh, something in the past? Well, it's, you know, energy, it goes back to like, attracted to like. So the second you are coveting anything, you're sending an energy cord towards that thing that you're coveting, whether it be a person, whether it be, you know, a place, anything. If you've had an experience that you've never really closed off the energy from, so most people have so many energy cords out into the world. It's no wonder that they walk through life exhausted because you're constantly feeding energy to something. It could even be a memory in high school or your home in your childhood. It could be someone you were jealous of. You, you know, people will try to attach energy cords to you if you have something that is desirable that they want. They try to attach to that frequency. And, and I know it sounds very parasitic, but it really is. We're just, that's the way energy works. And so when I'm doing like a home plan, this is a really good point to make. If you have two rooms and you have, say you have an argument in the kitchen, a really heated argument with your husband and, or significant other, and you 
say ugly words and it's really just negative energy and then that argument's over and then a week later you have another couple arguments in the bedroom and they're the same type of energy and they're really negative. Then what happens is you get that trapped energy because it hasn't been cleared in these two places and then gradually, especially if the energy is continually fed, the, the a line a detrimental energy line will form between the two points because the like energy of this argument in the kitchen will seek out the energy in the other room because they're like energies. And so they start to gravitate towards each other depending how much and how often they're fed. And then that's how you get a detrimental energy line going through your home. So you actually can walk through a line and start to feel the energy even greater because it's it's actually tra- attaching like these little strings of energy going across your entire your home like a grid or a matrix exactly it's like a grid or a matrix and so one of the quickest ways to dispel energy and anyone should do this if they get in an argument just get in the habit of like ringing some bells and chimes because when it comes to words words are dispelled the best with other sound devices so playing you know 528 hertz frequencies in the room or gongs or chimes or bells or anything that breaks up the energy rattles and stuff like that i know that might sound silly walking around rattling behind your husband but you know just playing good music good not not pop music but just like frequency music well, what you list, what you suggested, the 528 hertz and the 143, I can't remember all of but those are available on YouTube. You mm-hmm. can pull them up on YouTube yeah. and, and just play them. Yeah, and if you have like a home device, like a Google Home or something, you just say, hey, Google, play 528 hertz. You can even say, play house cleansing music. Yeah, start your own little... <laughs> Someone's created a playlist for that. Exactly. Uh, another, did I answer the question? What was the question? I don't know. I th- we're off track now. Um, oh, the the energy matrix, um, and and that's that brings in quantum physics and entanglement. One of the things I wanted to say that just to kind of ride the coattails of that is that every thought that's ever been thought is out there, and so once you create an energy, anything that you speak with emotion is energetically infused. It not only is imbibed within you, you create because it's it's actually solidified in a trance state. That's another conversation. But all it is also stronger in the space. Anything that you speak with emotion, and just like you were talking about your blessing earlier, you speak it with emotion behind it. Speak it with love. Speak it as if you're declaring it like you have an authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, someone had asked about that with their home and wanting to really declare their home their home. And I would definitely, you know, pick a time when no one's in the house and have a conversation out loud with your home, as silly as it sounds, and declare it. Say a blessing over the home. Ask the spirit of place to give you the most benevolent outcome while being in that home. Um, that you tell the what you desire, say that you want to continue living in that home and you hope that the energies will support that and just see what happens. And I'm sure you'll see a big shift. You know, a lot of energies now that we're in industrialized society that we're very, we were very tuned into as more primitive, primitive people are completely ignored now. So when you finally actually acknowledge some of these energies that are there that just don't get acknowledged, they're more than happy to help you. And they're almost excited to help you because, oh my gosh, you're acknowledging me. <laughs> I can't believe you're acknowledging me. I'm going to help you because you asked for my help. They're, they're there to help. And a lot of, most times they're just completely ignored and people don't give them any credit for what they do. Oh, what specific energies are you talking? Are you talking nature, about the house spirit, nature, nature spirits? spirits, for sure, trees, anything, you know, all the elementals, um, and your home, your home's your spirit of place, saying gratitude to your home for the... I, I was just thinking about the mulberry tree at the back of the, the oh, property. That's such a great example where you can talk about how the berries are only 
Right. Well, it's right on the property line, so half the tree is on the on the neighbors or uh, the trunk is on our property so it hangs over the fence and he doesn't like it he doesn't like the fruit dropping he was chopping the crap out of it and so kimberly goes out and talks to the tree <laughs> and now all the fruit only appears on our side our of the side fence of the fence and the branches are are extending outward only on, on our uh, only on our side of the yeah. fence so i thought that was pretty cool so, yeah, and I also, this year, it went through a big, I mean, it pushed out so many berries this year. It was crazy. And then I kept talking to it, saying how grateful I was. And it kept pushing out more cycles of berries, which it doesn't typically do. Went way beyond the normal growing way beyond. season. It was just like, basically saying, well, you love the berries here. Here's more. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I'm I'm saying, though, is is if you start to acknowledge the energies that are constantly around us there to support us, um, then you'll get great response. And that answers a question that I think Megan asked. She asked a lot of questions, which is good uh, about plants and plants are a great barometer of the energy inside the house. And they also respond to how you talk to them. Yes. People are worried if they're killing their plants, does that mean they have a lot of bad energy? No, not necessarily. It could be you're just really good, really bad at raising plants, though. Um, But it actually could be a a good indicator that there's some noxious energy going on in the space because plants do clean, clean energy. They clean the clean the air. Sorry, they clean the air of a space, and certain plants will clean out different toxins. So I would be more curious to what type of plant you have that you're killing because it might be that there's a certain toxicity in your air that has nothing to do with energy that has to do with actual toxin and it's trying to clean out the air and it's it's dying because of it so if you use a lot of toxic chemical type cleaners or you even use a lot of like candles that are doing like the really scented candle stuff that's not really that actually makes the air kind of toxic. Or paraffin candles. Or the, um, you know, the little things you plug into the outlet that does a sense to make the room oh, smell yeah. good. Those are really actually toxic. Toxic gas thing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're toxic to the to the air. So um, they smell beautiful, but they're, they're toxic. And so, you know, the mold, some plants are really good at clearing out mold. And each plant group has different things that they're really they specialize in cleaning so i can put that it, it, i'll pull that up on my computer i have it somewhere that's a separate tutorial and i'll, I'll put that <laughs> on some of the resources that people can look into if they they notice that certain plants are constantly dying but tied to that is speaking into your space the energy that you want to be there speaking to the house spirit thank like, just to go back to that idea um, that everything that you speak out into the space, good or negative or heavy and positive or well, light. Well, they just did a study and found out that plants can see, literally, they have like receptors in their cells that give like an image of the person around them. It's all frequency and vibration. So, so they can hear you, Can they respond to music, they respond to voice. And so, yeah, I mean... Your voice is super powerful. Just the resonance of your voice and what you speak into the world. Everything you speak is a spell. I mean, if you're thinking in terms of like casting and witchcraft and stuff, like if you're saying negative things, you're casting. You're casting negativity. You're you're you you have to be very conscious of your words as best you can and realize that it's it's an impactful thing to speak words, and you need to be aware of what you're doing when you speak in an earlier episode we talked about getting that rock from taos now taos pueblo the where the native american community north of town they have sunrise and sunset rituals every day when you're there just in the vicinity you can feel the difference and there's meditations that you can do to surround yourself with light and elevate the energy surround you and then surround your, your room and then extend out into other rooms of the house, everyone in the house, into your neighborhood. We are so powerful. And one of the things that was also inside some of the questions was the idea that we are impacted by our environment. 
more than we have control. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, obviously you can't control when you walk into an environment if it's a horrible environment, but you can control just, just like they say, you know, your reaction to it. You can, tr- you can control your reaction to it, your own personal energy. When you become more in tuned to energy in general around you, you know how to immediately shift your energy so you're not affected. You're not at the effect of the energy you're walking into as much because you know you're, you're, you're in control of your energy. And it becomes like a natural state of just amping up your energy, you know, bubbling your energy so it, it comes closer to you. You know, there's just, that's when you start getting in practice with working with your energy and energy of space and you walk into an energy and you feel like a vibe that's off that you you can just pull your energy in more so you don't feel the effects of it because most of us unknowingly project out our energy constantly and a lot of people will say they're empathic because they're really projecting their energy so far out all the time that they're feeling so many more things than they need to and they can pull their energy closer to themselves and not feel that feeling of I'm getting, I'm at the effect of everything around me and everybody around me and everybody else's energy and stuff like that. So well, what you mentioned is a great visualization is imagine a transparent, transparent bubble around you. Mm-hmm. You can think of a glass case, anything that creates a barrier or a transparent barrier between you and the other person's energy that protects you. I can remember I did a, a class on visualization and a woman was talking about a, a woman, another woman at the gas pump that was taking forever. And, and she just had all this angst and energy and she's visualizing and she says, I can't get away from it. I can't, there's nothing I can do because we we're working on submodalities, changing the different aspects of the visualization. And I just asked her, I said, do you see the windshield in front of you? Cause she's sitting in the car and she said, no. And, and then as soon as she put up the windshield, all that, what that woman didn't really matter. She was like, she was watching a movie. Yeah. Well, that's a good point because if you're feeling the emotions or angry because of something that's going on, you're, you're, you've attached your energy to them. That's why you're feeling it. I mean, you can't not, you can't feel it without being attached to their energy in some way. So if you, if you feel their energy, you're attaching your energy. So it's just a reminder to say, Oh, I'm attaching my energy to this situation or this person. I need to drop the judgment, the anger, the resentment, whatever it is, and pull it back, pull it back to me, cleanse it off, shake it off, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, put up like a golden layer of bubble or sh- shower around you to, you know, clear it off, and then be more in the state of a, as an observer, observer, instead of being at the effect of something. And I just want to add, there's no right way or one way to do it. It's whatever you can come up with, what strikes your imagination, what works for me may not work for you. And so create just whatever uh, comes to mind. Use your intuition. Yeah. And I I just want to speak to what you said earlier about that judgment. And as a human being, if we feel an emotion inside, feel that energetic expression we're not hiding anything. We cannot not communicate it. We are sending daggers with our eyes. We're sending daggers with our mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know when someone is upset with you. It may they may not say a word, but you can feel the vibe. Yeah. You've, you've never been upset with me, but never. <laughs> Just like you can feel someone when they come up behind you, and you didn't see them walk up behind you, but you can feel them behind you. Rupert Sheldrake did a whole study on that. Yeah. So our energy and our even our heart chakra energy goes out, I think, what, 10 feet and beyond? 8 to 25 feet. 8 to 25 feet. So, I mean, you're, you're constantly sharing your energy with people, but it, it's basically when you're recognizing it's affecting you in a way that it's not what you desire, it's not what you want, you can pull that energy closer to yourself. So, um, another question was really good question was someone wanted me to go into animal energies and the, the, and the nature energies. And I think we touched pretty well on the 
the nature energies. It's funny that the cat just walked in. I know. My, my little totem cat keeps coming in. She's our rescue cat that we rescued in the, the freeze a couple years back. So there are nature spirits that are attached to all the elements. Uh, I'll go into that more detailed at another time or in the group. But the, the totem animals, those are, those are fascinating. I think that you can, if you have a particular culture that you are a part of, say you're Celtic and you come from, you know, a certain type of culture, you can research what totems are used in your culture that are protective. You can, you know, for Celtic, they have like a hare uh, rabbit is common to put at the entrance of a door. Well, that's feeding into the mass consciousness or the universal mind. Right. So, and that's an energy. That's a thought form. So Archetypal. basically, whatever that's already established thought form that has power and it is supported by that culture and all the people who have fed into the idea that that is a supportive, protective totem for people who live in that town or whatever. And so you can look into it that way. If you have an animal that just tends to show up for you, you can do it astrologically. So someone asked specifically about like a phoenix. If you want to embody something about a certain animal or say you're a Scorpio and the phoenix, which is the third phase of Scorpio, and you want to embody that energy, you could put that in a corner of your house that you feel supports that energy, whether it be your office or your bedroom or whatever. Um, and be mindful. This is where a little bit of feng shui does kind of trickle in. <laughs> be mindful what energies you bring into which places because you don't want, you know, volatile energy or, you know, crazy energy. You don't want rabbit energy in your bedroom if you don't want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's just that kind of a thing. You want to make sure you're... Rabbits are a symbol of abundance. <laughs> they are, but uh, so it depends, you know. But uh, you can use animals and animal energy all over. Not dead animal, not animal pieces or animal, you know, taxidermy, but photos and sculptures and stuff like that. Anything, people ask me too quite often about spirit animals, totem animals... Most people have had some kind of affinity for an animal or been attracted to an animal. They see an animal, oh, I love those. I love horses. I love owls. I love, like for me, it's always been eagles uh, and big cats and and bears and wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I have different totems for different aspects, but more often than not, it's usually the eagle. And then my my symbol for my, my company is the phoenix. Mm -hmm. Transformation. So it's a perfect symbol. So if it's a totem on the wall or a picture on the wall, if it makes you feel good, yes, then it belongs there. Feel is the is the right word to use there. If it makes you feel a certain way, that's why you want to bring it in. Now, I I was gifted a picture when I was married the first time many many years ago, and I felt like I had to hang on to it because it was a gift. And, mm. and I didn't never really like it. But oh, wait, is it some... I don't remember this picture. Oh, you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. No. It was some landscape thing, and it, it just... I didn't like it. And when, when I ended up getting divorced, um, I ended up giving everything away. All the furnishings, if it had been handed down to me, I ended up throwing it out or gave it away to Goodwill. I invited my family in. They were more than welcome to take a look around. Anything that you, is on the wall, tell me that, you know, if you want it, if you, and if I want to part with it, it's yours. And I ask, nothing is off limits. If you think you want it, then ask for it. And I got rid of just about everything. That speaks to cleaning out yeah, old stuff. Yeah, I'm listening to you thinking, oh, thank you for saying that, because I didn't really touch on that, but... Um, objects, you know, can very easily hold energy and you, you need to be conscious of that, bringing it in and keeping it in your house that 
from like past relationships. Um, you really should, if you're going to change relationships, if you're going through a divorce and you're going to, you want to get rid of the bed that you had in that marriage, bring in a new bed for a new energy because bed beds will imprint energy of that person pretty significantly because you spend so much time in different altered consciousness in in that space and so it really imprints and you can clear your bed you can do blessings of your bed to clear that energy too but ideally you know like those are the things that you would want to get rid of and stuff and if you bring stuff in and you go to like a goodwill or another resale shop and you bring stuff in you need to cleanse that with like some cleansing herbs or something some somebody salt asked water. about buying furniture and antiques you absolutely need to cleanse before you get a car cleanse your car you buy it don't even wait a second the second you buy something and you if you're bringing it into your home which should be a sacred space it should be cleansed before you even walk in the door you should like sit it out in the driveway as you're unloading it and cleanse it right there before you bring it in the house and um you know clothes clothes shoes anything that if you buy it at a garage sale you know, I mean, I'm all about hand-me-downs and, and getting stuff at affordable prices. And sometimes if you've got kids growing up and you want to, you know, <laughs> you want to make the most of your clothing budget for them, you get stuff at garage sales and you so you want to cleanse that. You can even do that by just doing a, putting it in the washing machine with some Florida water. Florida water? Yeah, it's a cleansing water. It's really a cologne, but it's it's been used for a long time. And Can I buy that at Walmart or Kroger? You can get or? it on Amazon. There's a, I mean, I have lists upon lists. There's so many things. I mean, these are the things I would teach to people in the group because, I mean, I'm, I could go down a rabbit hole and then get lost in it. And so, um, and there's people always have specific questions. And that's one of the reasons I decided to do a, like, a 30-day challenge to see how people, like, make a significant change in their environment where they can notice it and say, oh, wow, this really worked. Someone did ask about, for real estate, from a real estate perspective, are there homes that just can't be fixed from their energy? And that goes with land, too, I would assume. And sometimes, yeah, that's true. Sometimes there, it's not our place to change the energy of a home. And that, that home is just claimed for a different energy. And it's going to draw in the people with like energy that need to have the experiences in that home that they need to have. That might sound like, Ugh, but it's true because that's just the way it works. I mean, you're going to be drawn to and move through life, drawn to and drawing to you the experiences in life that will match your energy. And even though we have fluctuations in our energy and we're not always one thing in energy, um, the predominant things that we're not releasing, we're not you know, letting go of, if they're still in our energy field, we'll, we'll, we will draw some of, some of that energy back into us or we'll cling to us just like the two points in the room. Eventually, we'll try to come together because like will attract like just kind of come together. So if a home has a lot of many years and a lot of momentum of pile up and pile up and layer and layer and layer of different layers of experience and energy that just can't, you know, can't be dispersed in just one little blessing that, that, that is possible. Absolutely possible. Some land, especially in the South has been cursed, uh, cursed by native Americans as the whites moved in, um, in those, some, there's been massacres that have taken place, uh, tragic events, mm -hmm. that energy is absorbed by the land. Yeah. And, and so that's what I think you're speaking of, that some, some aspects cannot be changed. Well, frequency, intensity, and duration are the two things that are factors in how, how easily something is removed from an energy. If you have a very long period of time that something has gone on, if you've got the constant, it's, it's over and over and over and over again. And then also the intensity. If you have, like, like you said, something really traumatic, like a, somebody who's died or a violent death, a tragic death, where there's like a very intense emotion. Those three things to put in combination make for like a, a very locked in energy. So it's not the easiest energy to, to clear. And in most instances, 
it's already attracted other energies into it where you're not just dealing with the original energy you're you're dealing with all the other things that have now been drawn to it that it might have been not ideal like other entities other energies other non-physical energies or non-human energies so i mean that's why you know you know asylums are notorious for being haunted with a lot of you know, horrible energies. Layers of energy. Layers and many people, many tragedies, many... We've noticed that just in our neighborhood, there's a half a dozen homes that seem to sell repeatedly. Mm. Yeah. So people buy them, move in. Two, three years later, it's on the market again. And it's interesting, If once you begin looking at it, it's still, you notice the patterns, you notice the... And that's the thing that, I guess, when you're looking at your house, where are the predictable feelings and sensations occurring in your house. You spoke to it that most of the time we're not aware of these subtle energies until we become aware of them, actually asked to be aware of them. Mm -hmm. It gives an indication of what has been off your radar up until now. Yeah, I mean, just to start, you just start believing that, or understanding, not really belief, but an understanding that everything is energy and you're a participant a participant in that energy and you are not at the mercy of it but you are a participant and so it's a good practice to be in because then you are becoming more aware of your energy it's a good thing to teach your children if you have children i my mom i'm grateful that my mom taught me about energy starting at age of five how did she do that? She literally sat me down one day because we moved into a haunted house. And I think she knew it was haunted, not knowing it the, like immediately. But she kind of figured out, oh, I think this, there's some energy here. Because she was very, very in tune to energy. And she said, you know, this is how you protect yourself. If you ever feel unsafe or you feel like there's, you know, uncomfortable and in a room, you just surround yourself with the white light of the Christ consciousness. And... I mean, I, to think back on this, I was like, wow, I can't believe my mom taught me this when I was, like, really young. And it wasn't like she was a really woo-woo person all the time or, you know, constantly talking about energy. But she she had enough experience and just it was just ingrained in her somehow that she knew to teach me that. And maybe she just knew that I was going to be in t- tune with, with that, being able to sense the energies. And, and we did end up having a very haunted house. So we kind of grew up in a, in a haunted <laughs> haunted area <laughs> actually asking your children how do they feel um what do you feel about the day have them tune into their vibes their feelings what was most enjoyable what didn't you like having them say a prayer or a blessing when they go to bed mm-hmm. or you say a blessing over over them mm-hmm. now something that is was we're talking about old stuff I know that some of our listeners, some of my listeners, I guess, uh, are in their mid to late 20s and they're still residing at home, which it's a different time and it's economically feasible, but they're transitioning into their own life, yet on their wall are still pictures, posters of when they were in their teens or their preteens. And so there's some ties to the past that are there. How would you suggest that, you know, if there's something sentimental, how can they repackage it or redo it in a way where they're transitioning into an adult energy? Well, if you want to if you want to savor your memories of your childhood, but you don't want to constantly be stepping back into the energy of your childhood as as that age or that person, you want to up your game up to your adulthood. Um, I would definitely do things. For instance, you said posters. Uh, I would take the posters and maybe frame them, make them more pieces of art, you know, make them more special so you're savoring your memory in that way. I would take items of your childhood or your, your youth that you feel really, you know, maybe they were ribbons or mums or whatever from school and do a shadow box, do a shadow box, collecting all the little items put it in a place that you want to savor your memories of that and then start creating more adults. I don't want to even say adult spaces because that sounds kind of silly, but more spaces that are in tune to who you want to become or who you are, who you're stepping into becoming your career maybe. 
And then instead of just like boxing everything up and just putting it away to be dusty, take the pieces that you like and make them special. Um, change out your bedding. That's always like a really cool shift is just to change your bedding. Get rid of the Star Wars right. bedspread. <laughs> Hannah Montana. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, get some adults. Invest in some adult type. Should I get rid of my binky? Oh, hush. Yes. <laughs> you will be. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son still has his will be. Some things, and really be intentional, and it's like cleaning your closet or anything else. If you haven't touched it within a year or two, and you're not likely to touch it in the next six months, um, it could probably be taken to the curb. Yeah. Or if it's papers, pictures, old stuff like that, it could either be put in a scrapbook or uh, burned. I've burned old letters, old cards, and, and it's been very ceremonial about it and that releases the energy to it mm. and speaking of the energy are we invested in energy if there's any emotional response to and you touched upon this of, of directing judgment or even thinking back to a memory of the past we're tied to that we have a cord tied to it we have a finite amount of life energy in our body in every memory, every circumstance, every person that we are connected to or have a cord to, they are draining part of our life force. We're actually giving it up. They're not necessarily taking it from us. We've given them access because we haven't recalled it. Mm -hmm. Recalling your energy on a regular basis is really important. I would even say daily, if not weekly, doing a weekly ritual bath. And I know you are going to ask me about that. So I'll just go ahead and talk about that. My son, Skylar and I, we're both water babies. We just love the water. And anytime I'm not feeling top notch, I always want to get in a bath. Water is a great conduit. So that way I know that I can put whatever I want in the bath to help me feel better. And it will clean off my energy and it will boost my energy. And for Skylar, I just do like Epsom salt bath flakes and then I'll do like some some clay, some uh, healing clay. And I'll do the same for myself. You can also put flowers and you can put herbs and do with what's called a bath tea. And I've made those and I have some recipes for those. And those are really great if you're really trying to do uh, protecting your energy and just creating like a sacred space for yourself for healing. Whether it because you have emotional stuff going on with people around you or you're healing from relationships and you just need to basically pamper yourself, make yourself feel loved and cherished. It has to start with you. You need to love and cherish yourself. And I mean, if you can take a bath and do that and just give yourself some self-love that way, that's great. And it will shift your energy. And I definitely suggest doing that before you go to sleep. So you can also have like a good night's sleep and put the salt under your bed and do all this stuff that will help kind of create a more serene. There's there's a whole bunch of things you can do for the bedroom if you're trying to do some self-healing. But I can talk about that a little bit more in depth in the... Someone did ask, what's the best practice for home energy hygiene and maintenance? And you can do it however you feel is the best way for you. But one of the easiest ways to remember is just to work with the moon cycles. So... Generally, you want to do about three days before a new moon or the dark moon is where you want to do your kind of house witchery rituals where you're cleansing your house regularly and doing all the things, doing your, your cleansing air sprays and your, your cleaning, you know, cleaning out the hearth and the, and the oven in the kitchen and all the things that you would want to clean really good with the baking soda and water and lemon. And then doing the sound and all that with it and you can take you know three days clearing out clutter too in your office papers things that you know may give you worry stress you know putting those away blessing them and kind of putting those energy the energy of worrying when you're opening a bill or a document or something that might give you some stress go ahead and and bless that and put it away, clear the energy on that because it can, it can get, be stuck energy in that space. 
So clutter is a really big one, the best you can. I mean, we're not perfect either. We're, we're always dealing with clutter. We have boys running around, but do the best you can and work with the moon cycles. And then on the new moon is basically when you're doing the most of your intentions once the new moon hits for the new cycle, what you want to come into fruition for the full moon. So the full moon, if you think of it as like a pregnancy, the the new moon is when you're planting the seed. And then from the time between the new moon into the full moon and the full moon is the birth. So that's when you're wanting your desires to come to fruition, your manifestations to come to fruition, um, all the things that you're putting in your, the energy into your home, clearing out, bringing in, put it, coming to fruition. And then once the full moon hits, you're, you're back into the cycle of you're letting go, letting go, letting go all the way up until the last three days right before the new moon. And those are the most intense days of really clearing out and then to start the cycle again. And you can look at numerology too. Uh, numerology is very fascinating. I've recently started looking at some numerology indicators. And if you're planning on moving into a home, the number on the home can indicate different energies, what they add up to be. So it's it's, it's another fascinating a fascinating aspect of energy that you can also bring into your energy clearing. And um, speaking of the cycles we're gonna or I'm going to do a this what Daniel had mentioned before which is I'll do a kind of a beta test group for a course I'll be creating and this will be a challenge group so I'll design it to give the basic layout of what we've talked about in the last couple episodes and then a lot of extras and answer questions for people, have them set their intentions. I'll start it on this new full moon. and Which will be what date? The 30th of August. August. And then it will go through all of September. And it will be a really low $28 fee. And normally I wouldn't worry about charging for this, but it will take a considerable amount of energy and time. So... Well, since we're talking about energy, there's an energy of exchange, and it's in yeah. the abundance mindset. Uh, you get what you put into it. Right. The other thing is that there's a level of commitment yes. uh, behind it that's on your mo- part. That's mo- mostly what I, I want is the commitment part, because I really want people who are not just going to sign up, but going to sign up and take part in actually participating, because then that way I can get more information for my book and for my future courses on this subject. Yeah, you were I didn't know you had a book in mind until you this did. came up. You did. <laughs> I didn't. I actually I didn't. Well, you were the one that kept telling me you need to write a book. You need to write a book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I read a book. Yeah. So there'll be a link available in the show notes about the the upcoming Facebook group or to join a mailing list or join a, a wait list in order to become aware of that. It'll be announced in the Alliance Health Podcast listeners group. It, go to yesdaniel.com. I'll make sure there's a link there. So there's a, there's a number of different ways you can get involved if you want to. And again, that's going to begin on the 30th of August, 2023, depending on when you listen to this. And if you listen to this far after this event takes place, well, there still, might be cycles of it. Still, so still go to those, those, those areas because, like my wife said, <laughs> it'll probably happen again. It'll probably happen again. The other thing I like about the group, from an energy standpoint, anytime two or more people come together, there is a third intangible entity created yes. that is the group mind. Now, this speaks to the house spirit as well. When a group of people come together, that feeds into the, the spirit of the house. Is there anything that you want to say before, as we end this? Yes. Um, well, I'm grateful to be able to talk about it. It's been really fun talking about it. It's It's been fun interacting and getting the questions. I'm excited to see more and more people approach their home and their lives 
from a more energetic standpoint. So that's exciting to me. It's one of my passions and I love teaching about it. So thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. It all started with Megan in the UK. <laughs> thank you, Megan in the UK. She wanted to get her witchy on and get her broom out. And- well, actually, we were just talking about it, too. We were saying, what should I do next with this? And then Megan asked the question. And I, I said, here it is. Here's That's your right next. Here. This is what you're supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for staying in this conversation. Look for the links to get involved with Kimberly's group. Until next time, this is your host, Daniel Danovi, and his wife, Kimberly Kay, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure.